seven games on the night in the NBA, including a couple of big upsets. We've got you covered with the recap. And Jake tries to sell me on some rising and dropping stocks in the MVP and Rookie of the Year race. And the Knicks make it official. Leon Rose is in as president. And how is the coronavirus going to impact the NBA? It's the Tuesday edition of Locked on NBA. Let's do this. You are Locked on the NBA, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know around the association. Normally, we're here on Wednesdays, subbing in on Tuesdays here. We're going to kind of switch it up a little bit. I'm your host, co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. This is like, I don't know, starting at the three instead of the two. Yeah, that, it's, I guess so. Like that? Yeah, it's we're like, going small. Maybe we're playing a little small ball. With yeah, the, that with doesn't, the line up. doesn't always work, we've learned. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, there we go. So, a bunch of games around the NBA. We're, we're going to kind of fire through some of these um, and then talk about some of the bigger ones that were a little bit more interesting, including some big upsets last night and kind of what that means, our weaknesses being exposed. But let's start with the Utah Jazz beating the Cleveland Cavaliers 126-113. It's closer a little bit in the first half, right? Yeah, oh yeah, they you know, it was uh the the Jazz were struggling through the first uh first half and then you know it, it's not like they broke it open. They just kind of slowly pulled away. Uh Bogdanovich had a big night. It, it seemed like he was kind of really searching for his offense early. Yeah, and look, the Cavs are bad and this is probably the best outcome for this, but this is now back-to-back 30-point games for Colin Sexton, so I don't know. That's kind of encouraging, I guess, That's a nice. little bit. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, moving on, Portland beating uh, Orlando 130-107. CJ McCollum going big in this one. Still no Damian Lillard, but when McCollum puts in 41 points and goes 6 of 12 from deep, yep, they're probably going to win. Yeah, and, you know, standings watch for the uh, Orlando Magic. They're not able to kind of get pa- get out of that eighth seed. No progress in that regard. Uh, not like they're going to have any sort of upset but you'd like to take your chances with toronto or boston maybe instead of uh, milwaukee yeah look you at least want the easier matchup uh team that is now (laughs) yeah well look yeah i guess that's uh (laughs) depends on your definition memphis all over atlanta 127 88 this was about as ugly of a loss as you could have for the hawks they shot 32 percent on the night um, and if you look at all of their starters, John Collins led them in field goal percentage at 36%. Trey Young just shot gross. under 30. Like this was just about as gross all around as possible. Uh, nine, I was just counting nine players in double figures for the Memphis Grizzlies, who, by the way, retain the NBA belt with this win. It's my favorite thing of this season. They've had that for a, a long time this year, haven't they? They they had it for a little while. For those people who don't know, NBA belt, my favorite thing is the uh, the NBA champion comes into the start of the season, and then each win or loss, the belt gets transferred. The Memphis Grizzlies upset the Lakers. The Lakers recently had it, and they now defended their belt with this win over the uh, the the, the uh, Hawks. Uh, they did have it for a little stretch 
earlier. So they, they kind of took it back from the Lakers, uh, but just all around domination, double, uh, double for Jonas Valanciunas, 15 and 15. Yeah. Hawks are bad, particularly on defense. And Very if, they, bad. if they don't have a good shooting night, they're cooked. And that's a, Awful, awful home. No loss threes for, for Trey Young. Ugh. It was over four. It's like he it, he said after the game, like you don't look at anything with this. You just kind of measure how like your energy, your effort, and your intensity. And like that wasn't even there. So I don't think that he should look at anything with this or measure anything from this game. Just kind of throw <laughs> throw it in the trash. Not really an upset, but the Indiana Pacers beat the San Antonio Spurs 116-111. No Victor Oladipo in this game for Indiana. This was a good win. They were down a little bit, and then Demonis Sabonis came alive in the fourth quarter after not having a good game, led them to the victory. Yeah, that was that was a back and forth fourth quarter. No LaMarcus Aldridge for the Spurs, and they took a lead in that fourth quarter. And they were just making run. Uh, they they were they made a big run, uh, but just they, they just couldn't hold off uh, Sabonis and and keep him away from the boards. It's just too much. Yeah, and Lonnie Walker the fourth had an amazing dunk. If you haven't seen, that was a big time. Yeah, dunk. that was pretty fun. Um, another kind of minor upset on the night, Chicago Bulls beating the Dallas Mavericks 109-107. This, this game was stupid towards the end is probably, <laughs> probably the best way to put it. I have, I actually have more thoughts on this than I should, but look, no Chris Depps Porzingis for the Mavs. You had Luka Doncic kind of having an off night. He went one of eight from three. Like, yeah, you're going to struggle when Tim Hardaway Jr. is taking maybe 21 shots on the night. So they fall. It was close. I've never seen a team like the Bulls try so hard to lose this game towards the end. They were up, I think it was, eight, and they had uh, back-to-back turnovers, which gifted the Mavs five points in the closing moments of this one. And then when the Mavs have to foul, they leave... Um, Thad Young out there, who's a 51% shooter from the line. What is he doing out there in a situation where you know they are going to foul you? Um, Bad coaching no is the answer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. My favorite moment of the night was Jim Boylan calling a timeout as the Bulls were were finishing off a backdoor cut for a layup. Um, that That's a mess. Oh, and dude. I don't know what they're doing. And uh, it's just I know there's this the, the fire gar packs movement. Uh, look, we're talking about this after they won. But um, <laughs> look, they, they, they tried still, so hard to lose this game. That's that's I, I think they kind of lucked into a win where the the Mavs were shorthanded and Luca had a bad night. Like, that's just that's just all it is. Like they they played poorly enough to lose this game is just Dallas played also poor a, a little bit more uh, or, or not up to their standards. Yeah. And, and, and they were down. They didn't have Porzingis in there too. So like that certainly hurts you. Right, and right, like, right. it's just kind of one of those things. Dude has an off night. You're a little bit injured. You might lose. Bulls should have won this one. They made it as hard as possible to win. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, okay. we're killing them in a win, which is kind of funny. Another team with a surprise win 125 to 123, the New York Knicks over the Houston Rockets. The first of the two big upsets in this one. RJ Barrett basically with the go ahead bucket for the New York Knicks, uh, which was kind of cool to see for him. And then Russell Westbrook missing a jumper as time expired to try and send it to overtime. You think this one's kind of a little bit of weakness exposed for the Houston Rockets? A little bit. Just, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to overstate it because I did 
I just watched the the Rockets come into Boston and bully the hell out of the Celtics. Yeah, they look good in that play, game. Play a tremendous second half, especially in the second half. That Rockets team was just unreal. I was sitting there watching. My jaw was dropping watching Russell Westbrook attack. I saw them knocking the Celtics off of spots where they wanted to be. I saw them being more active than the Celtics. Really, the the Rockets team that I saw in that game was a team that I thought, wow, they might they might have figured something out. However, you go up against the Knicks, and now you've got maybe some letdown. Coming off a big win, you, a little bit of a letdown, like, oh, we – we, we got this. It's just the Knicks. And they they did come back. You got an off night from James Harden, who shot three of 13 from three. He did score 35, but half of those came from the free throw line. Uh, West, Westbrook wasn't his normal self, necessarily. He, he was still attacking. He had his moments, but not his usual self. So you can say in a different situation, maybe they would have been different. But the the rebounding numbers are stark. Uh, out-rebounded 65-34, to 34, 20 offensive rebounds for the New York Knicks, elite, and they were outscored 21-12 to 12 in second-chance points in a game that came down to the final shot. So you're outscored by nine in second-chance points. You're outscored by almost 30 in points in the paint, 64-36. to 36. So a detractor, a, a Houston Rockets detractor, would sit there and say, this is, this is the evidence that says that the small ball thing doesn't work because the Knicks have some size. The Knicks have some quickness to go along with that size and they can rebound. And if they meet up against a team with some of those elements, that something like this can happen. And if Harden and Westbrook aren't elite awesome, if they're off at all somehow, and if, if some of the, the physical play kind of bothers them at all, then this is going to be the result, and it's not going to look good for them in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I think that's fair. Again, you know, I, you can kind of look at the flip side of that, and you see Harden went three of thirteen from yeah. deep, and like they yeah. lose by two, and like okay, you kind of shrug your shoulders, but it shows. There's ways to beat them. If you can beat them up on the glass, certainly a team that's playing small all the time can lose the game. You know, if these two teams were to hypothetically, or a team similar to the Knicks, let's say, because the Knicks aren't winning anything in a seven-game series. Anywhere. Yeah, like. I, I still think the, this Rockets team looks pretty legitimate when they're all playing their sure. best. And maybe it's, again, when they're all playing their best. And they weren't tonight, so they kind of lose. But still, kind of surprising to see that and worth kind of looking into as, you know, the, the theme of this segment here, potential weaknesses exposed. Right. Another, but, ha, ha, yeah. no, sorry, before you say, but how many 3 of 13 games has Harden had in the playoffs? No, now, exactly. I, I didn't look that up. I didn't look that up. But he, he's had bad shooting games in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Westbrook has a history. Like, this recent turn for him is new. Ever since the Clint Capella trade, the efficiency, all of that oh, stuff. No, no, look, look, we all thought great. he was washed. And all of a sudden, but, it's like, oh, wow, he looks good now. But this is, this is almost like Milwaukee, where we say, okay, this is nice, but prove it to me. And a game like this tends to supersede a game like they played against Boston because this is like, oh, okay, see, these are the weaknesses. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I get what you mean. That's fair. Well, another game that kind of exposed some weaknesses, stuff we probably already knew, was the Miami Heat beating the Milwaukee Bucks 105-89. to This one's, look, a little bit surprising because Giannis ended up going 6 of 18 for 13 total points. 
But we know how you beat this Milwaukee Bucks team, and it's basically shoot 50% from deep. The Heat shot 18 of 37 from the three-point line. The Bucks shot 7 of 34. The Bucks are going to give you those shots, and if you hit them at the clip that the Heat did, they're probably going to win. Also, bam, my God, is he very, very good. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the, the thing, the thing about this game, I, there's two things that stood out to me in this game. Uh, one, the physicality with which Miami defended, uh, and they, they really laid, uh, laid a hurting on, on the bucks. And, uh, it was almost like the, we're going to foul you every time and dare the referees to call a hundred fouls in this game. And at some point, the referees tend to let you play, which is the tendency in the playoffs. Tendency in the playoffs is for, for this to turn into kind of like, you know, hit each other with two by fours to get a foul. And the the Bucks didn't respond very well. Again, now there's always a caveat. The Bucks are coming off a back to back. So there's there's that element to this too. There's there's some fatigue, but at the same time, these things that you wonder, like, oh, the Bucks are in a prove it to me too, uh, prove it to me too uh, stage two. If you if you can frustrate them and keep them from scoring, and you can hit a few of your threes, you have a recipe for beating the Bucks. And and this is why even with the Bucks having a historic point differential, even with the Bucks being far and away the leader in the East, and even with Giannis being the MVP, the reigning MVP, and potentially second year in a row MVP, there are people who are like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Bucks will get there. Like, there's there's just no belief, no fervent belief in the Milwaukee Bucks. And again, like like Houston, there's this. This, this game shows that teams that can knock down their threes can get hot. And, and look, who are they who are they gonna face? Toronto has a can get hot from three. Boston can get hot from three. Like they, these are t- they're they're not gonna be like facing teams that can't shoot the threes. They they're gonna face teams that can hit from deep. And so this is a a a weakness that we saw. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's why they lost in this one, and I'm sure they're gonna kind of take a look at themselves and try and see what they can do because they were, you know, not really the team that they wanted to be. They, you know, defensively, I think they kind of like their strategy and will stick to it, but you do have a chance to get burned and that's what happened in this game. So we covered a lot of ground here and a couple of big upsets and some near upsets and minor upsets, all that stuff. Um, And if you want to know more about those teams or follow your favorite team, we've got a daily podcast for that here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Whether that is the Bucks and Locked On Bucks or the Heat and Locked On Heat or John and Locked On Celtics or myself and Locked On Zion basically should be the name of it. Subscribe (laughs) wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, John, we just talked about the Milwaukee Bucks losing to the Miami Heat and Giannis not having the best game. You know, there's been some stock market volatility out there, and I'm not an expert on this, but supposedly you're supposed to buy when things are low. So right. let's take a look. I'm going to try and sell you a, two things, two, two awards that in theory don't have much going on here. I don't know. Maybe we can convince you. Maybe you want to buy what I'm selling. And we can start here in New Orleans. Zion for Rookie of the Year. Are you interested at all? What can I do to put you into uh, a little bit of the Rookie of the Year race today? 
I am very anti Zion as rookie of the year. I just don't think he's going to play enough games. Uh, I appreciate the excitement for Zion. He's been phenomenal. He's just been ridiculous, but it's not without weaknesses. Um, and it's, it's also, he, he hasn't done it long enough. And f- for 15 games, he's been great, but you can't give a guy an award for 15 games. Even if he does this for 30 games, I don't, I just don't know that you can give the guy a rookie of the year award when John Morant has been so good. And if it's not like it's been a bad rookie class and we're looking at uh, a guy that's just kind of been middling along and in comes Zion, like, oh, yeah, for sure. Give it to him. John Morant has the Memphis Grizzlies as the eighth seed. And he's been really, really good. Now, not Zion good. If you're saying, like, well, Zion's probably the better player, that's probably true. But over the course of an entire season, he's done this. He's gotten his team up to this level. And Zion, as great as he's been, and as good as the team is with him on the floor, he, the, the the Pelicans are, they were kind of always supposed to contend. Like, people thought coming in, like, hey, these guys, these guys could be a playoff team. So they're right where they're supposed to be. He's got great teammates. He's got Drew Holiday. You know, he's got favors. He's got a bunch of guys. Lonzo Ball's playing well. Like, he's got, he's got some pretty good teammates, too. So I, I feel like Zion's going to have plenty of time over the course of his career to win awards. You know, he he's he's going to maybe be a multiple-time MVP himself. It's just this particular award, this time frame, it, it's just not I, – I, I don't think that this is actually a race. So, one, you're dead to me. Two, no, you're, you're actually right on this, that he he's not going to win. He, he should be in the conversation, but definitely not win. And we kind of have some precedent for this before, too. So if people really think he's going to get in there, I don't think so. Go back to Malcolm Brogdon and Joel Embiid battling out for Rookie of the Year a number of years ago in the 2016-2017. Brogdon won it with averages of 10 points, 4 assists, and 3 rebounds. That's like nothing all that yeah. impressive. Joel Embiid averaged 20 and 8. And he only played 31 games, so people just didn't feel comfortable giving it to him. Zion, if he plays every game the rest of the year, and he's got a back-to-back coming up, so I don't know if he will play on the second night potentially, that he can play 37 games total. So a little bit more than Embiid, but not enough. Meanwhile, John Morant right now has played 54 games, and he's got averages of basically 18, 7, and 3. That's really good. That is significantly better than Brogdon's numbers. And he, like you mentioned, he's leading the playoff uh, team right now. If the Pelicans get into the playoffs and Zion keeps putting up 30-point games and they beat out the Memphis Grizzlies, maybe. But I'm not ready to say that today. And look, it, again, I basically host Locked On Zion right now. So <laughs> we have a precedent for like why this won't happen. So yeah, probably, probably a good uh, no-buy for you here. But... There's another one that might be interesting. The Bucks lost. Giannis was held to 13 points. He's the presumptive MVP. Can I interest you, John, in any LeBron James action here? Um, I think LeBron James is going to get plenty of votes. 
Um, I, I feel like LeBron James has, you know, a case. Um, when you when you factor in the fact that, that he's been um, doing this at this age, that he is is leading the best team in the West, that that he's been able to kind of carry this team in a number of of different areas, that he's averaging ten point six assists per game. Um, I still though believe it's Giannis. Um, his his numbers are just better. Um, and, and he's got his team going towards possibly 70 wins. And, uh, there are not only is he offensively the MVP, he is going to get votes for defensive player of the year. And, uh, LeBron has been better than he has been in the past, but he's still not the defensive, like he, he's not what he used to be. And uh, I just feel like Giannis is just much more of a complete player. And he's so dominant that it, it's, he, he's got the, he's got an edge and it's not going to be unanimous, but he's, he's got an edge. And, and one of the things that hurts LeBron James is Anthony Davis is his teammate. And Anthony Davis scores more points, gets more rebounds, is shooting better, is uh, he, he's defending better. Like LeBron is is in this conversation, but Anthony Davis is playing just about as well. And people are going to vote for Anthony Davis, and that's going to take away votes from LeBron. And and there there are legitimate arguments for Anthony Davis too. So I I, I think. Giannis ends up as the MVP. Yeah, and that's probably the correct decision. Look, what what LeBron's doing, averaging 25.5 points per game, 10.6 assists, and basically eight rebounds is incredible at his age. And he's having the best regular season he's had probably in three years or so. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty incredible. And he hasn't won MVP since 2013. So maybe he gets a couple more votes of people thinking he's overdue for another one of these awards. And they wouldn't necessarily be wrong. Like, if you vote for him, I really don't have an issue with it. But I just think Giannis has been the better player. The defensive side of the ball is the really important thing there, too. Anthony Davis kind of anchors that defense more so than LeBron does. LeBron can be good at times on that side, but he's still not what he once was. Though I watched him in person the other night, Sunday in New Orleans, and oh my God, is he still just unbelievable when he decides he wants to be the best player in the world. And he probably is still the best player in the world. It doesn't mean that you're the MVP this season. So I think on both of these, we agree. So no controversy here, and we're kind of taking tame takes that, yeah, no MVP for LeBron, no Rookie of the Year for Zion. Sorry. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh, we tried. I tried. I kind of. I said that you know. I put on the kind of the used car salesman voice there. Um, but if you want to know more about these guys, listen to Locked On Pelicans. Listen to Locked On Lakers. Again, we've got a podcast for any of your favorite teams that applies to football and baseball as well. There's a Locked On podcast for any team you want to follow wherever you get your podcast from. All right, wrapping up the show today with the two biggest news items of the day. First being the New York Knicks um, officially naming Leon Rose as team president. 
We could just make fun of the Knicks for a whole show. We don't need to do that. Good move. Fun. It is fun. You know, it's 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 like low hanging fruit. Um, you do you like this move for them? I mean, I, I don't hate the move, but I, I don't know if it's a great move. They're I think they're trying to uh, follow like Golden State's lead and other like they're, they're trying to take this former agent uh, or the Lakers lead and take this former agent and get him to lure a star to, to their team, you know? Uh, so the former agent who lured Kevin Durant to their team or the former agent who lured LeBron James and made the Anthony Davis trade. And here their Knicks are, are saying like, Oh, we want one of those because uh, we couldn't get the stars last year. And so clearly we need a guy that has player connections to bring in the next stars. So maybe, I mean, player agents know how to, how to talk and how to negotiate and they, they can relate to players. So that's fine. But as always, this always boils down to Dolan and is Dolan going to let this guy do his job. And I don't know if, if Leon Rose is going to be good or bad at this job. You just going to have to trust him to like, use his experience with dealing with front offices to, and his understanding of the landscape of the NBA to say, all right, you know, let's, let's try this. We, we see a formula. We're going to try it. And he said in a statement, be patient and okay, be patient. We're going to try to do this the right way. Sounds good. Can Dolan be patient? That's the thing. Can Dolan let him do his job or is Dolan going to end up second guessing him usurping his power, stepping in and forcing him to do something, taking his power. Like that, that is the key. Yeah. That's anything the Knicks do. Yeah. It's Dolan. You you could have the smartest person in the world in there who has the greatest plan and probably stars ready to say, yeah, Donnie Walsh and Dolan forced them. Donnie Walsh got them out of a huge mess years ago and Dolan forced them out and they've been crap ever since. David Griffin was going to take the job and then like Dolan was like, no, you can't have complete control. Goodbye. And he, he stopped. I mean, like there seriously. you go. Like it, you, it, 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 it's ownership, competitive disadvantage and nothing you can do about it. And so sure. Knicks fans can be patient a little bit longer and maybe one day they'll get this right. You know, on a long enough timeline, they probably will. They can't be bad forever. Can they? Um, I would say though that Rose has this advantage of having been through the league and agents are tough and he can tell this guy, Hey, no, this is what you hired me to do. This is what I'm going to do. And you don't want to be paying another guy millions of dollars to go away. So let me do this thing that we agreed that you were going to let me to do. So maybe, maybe, maybe like maybe. hopefully he should. And Dolan for, should listen. For but... Knicks fans sake, you hope that he can put his foot down and be like, are we going to do this the right way or what? Yeah, it, well, and it, look, again, you can probably explain to you, I'm sure others have tried, and this is kind of where they are now. So it's just kind of like one of those things I just shrug and be like, okay, when I see it, I'll actually believe it. Um, and they've got to do a lot of other work in terms of image and all of that and kind of fixing everything that goes on with that. The other big news of the day, which is kind of interesting, it has to deal with the coronavirus that is spreading across the globe right now. And the NBA sent a memo out to teams that basically said, don't high five fans and a couple of other suggestions to keep them from catching it. You know, there's been talk at the NCAA level of do you play games behind kind of closed doors? 
Italy, which is dealing with a lot of this right now, has their Serie A soccer matches being played basically without fans in there because of con- you know contagion issues. It's something the NBA is going to start thinking about, and I guess this is kind of the first step towards kind of exploring what they need to do. Yeah, uh, really, the first step is understanding what what it is, the dangers and all of that. Uh, right now, there are obvious cases in the United States. Um, it's a serious thing. Um, I think the education is trying to quell some of the panic. I think a lot in a lot of these potential outbreaks, there's the panic and the fear is worse than what's actually happening. So there's there's a little bit of that education going on. But it doesn't help to, you know, take these precautions. And I see it every day when I'm at the game. The the players come away from the tunnel, uh, and there's always fans reaching over. Everybody wants to high five these players um, when they go out for warmups. Everybody's leaning over. They hand them a mark. They want autographs. And players are always great about this. This is part of the yeah. uh, amazing aspect of the NBA. Players can go in and sign a bunch of autographs you know they're always going to make the fans happy as best they can but now you got cj mccollum saying hey look sorry i'm going to not sign autographs for a while until i feel safe because he wants to you know be safe a lot of these parents like these guys are parents they're they're healthy um adult people who uh will probably survive if they get the coronavirus like that if it hits a healthy 20-year-old, you're probably going to be okay. But they don't want to take it back to their kids who are vulnerable, and those are the those are the people who are going to be at risk. Or back to their parents, if their parents are involved, who might be older and be at risk. So there, there are a lot of precautions that need to be taken. So I think – I hope fans can understand that maybe there will be fist, fist bumps. Maybe security will kind of like pull people back – for now and say, Hey, look, no autographs today, no high fives today. We're going to, we're going to back off from this for a little while until we can kind of get our heads around what this coronavirus really is and, and whether it's a real danger. Yeah. I think this, this makes sense. It might be unfortunate given everything, but this is probably sort of precautions that everyone should really be taking. And I like that the NBA isn't kind of, you know, getting worked into hysterics over this right now just yet. And, you know, right now they plan on going forward with certain events that they have planned. No one's really been talking about, like, canceling the Combine, the Global Hoop Summit, anything like that. So that's very good to see that, hey, let's just kind of keep an eye on this. It's nice to see them kind of protecting their players, something that's kind of a big issue going on right now. Um, So it's on their radar. So keep that in mind next time you're at a game. So that's going to do it for the Tuesday edition of Locked on NBA. Thank you all for listening. Normally we're on Wednesdays, but today we're here. And normally on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake (laughs) Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. Jake, I think we should get together tomorrow and just talk basketball for half an hour anyway. I'm probably going to call you and just be confused just, because yeah. like, I, it's just like a regular routine now. We'll, we'll do that. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you all next week.